welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Larkin. Larkin is a mom-owned line of game-changing maternity and postpartum essentials. And today's episode is also brought to you by Rumble Tough. The Rumble Tough Breeze is a top-of-the-line breast pump with a rechargeable battery that fits in the palm of your hand. Uh, and we will hear more from our sponsors later, but these sponsors make this podcast possible. So if you need anything, please head over to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Check out our sponsor page and see if you can give them any of your business. While you're there, scroll down into your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And check out our shop page for merchandise designs um, by me and Diane. Diane and I. <laughs> <laughs> Diane and me, I think is how you would grammatically correctly oh, in that it? sentence. Yeah. Oh, okay. You put me at the end instead of I, if it's the end of the sentence. Oh. Right? Jeez. Oh, I learned even about grammar today, everybody. <laughs> it's been a long time sometimes since I've been in school. I, sometimes I fix Josh's grammar and he is a freaking proofreader for like a giant company. Oh my God. And I I'm like, it. dude, what the hell? Anyway. Um, we're also on Patreon, and we would love to have you there enjoying our exclusive content, which does not include my dog scratching at the door. But it does include the our mini podcasts, extra ad-free episodes, and live Q&As. You can check out the benefits of each tier at Badass Breastfeeding Podcast Patreon by clicking the link at the very top of the show notes under the episode that you are listening to right now. Uh, you can also find the link at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com if that is confusing to you. Um, we are very excited to be able to interact more closely with you there. And I, you guys have heard me list every single patron um, since we started this. Um, and we, I just decided, we decided that we would just shout out to the new people so that you're not listening to our list every week and that it doesn't get super long and I don't know. People get more of an individual highlight. So I will just review from the last week who came in. We have Haley N, Kelly H, Amanda M, Madeline M, and Stephanie S. Welcome, badasses, to Patreon. And we're still hosting our ongoing giveaway. If you leave a review anywhere on the internet, send us a screenshot along with your address to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com and we will send you a goodie bag of stickers. And thank you for nursing in public cards. And Diane has our review of the week. Yes. Oh my gosh, this review is beyond overdue. I truly appreciate. I truly can't appreciate the both of you enough. You both have been a beacon for me during an emotional and yet amazing journey during the first 10 months of having my son. The most rewarding piece of wisdom y'all gave me was when you described a newborn as an animal with instincts that made you scared of outside predictors. You were, you said your baby doesn't know we have alarm systems or security and that it's year 2023. Oh, outside and, predators. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My dog agrees. <laughs> Instead that your baby needs to feel safe and protected. That advice sounds simple, but changed the entire type of parenting style I chose to be. Instead oh, of being cold and negative and unaffectionate, it explained to me the importance and simple instincts of a newborn baby feels. Hashtag babies can't manipulate. Thank you. And I appreciate y'all both. That I think is amazing. That, that is that's, so awesome. 
what did it like? Cause it's true. And we say that. And I always sometimes feel silly telling people like babies are totally primal. They have no idea where we are. And I remember when a lactation consultant told me that like your baby doesn't know, babies don't know that, that it's, you know, the year, whatever year it is and that they're perfectly safe. They don't, yeah, they don't just like, they don't know what time it is. And when we say, Oh, it's not time for a baby to eat yet. They don't know what time it is. They know they're hungry. <laughs> like that's why we say feed on demand. But when we put it in that context, I think it is a lot easier to kind of go, oh my gosh. Yeah, they really don't know. Yeah, it's really they're- much easier to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. So I think that's And then it's easier to cool. parent in the way that you, you know, usually want to or it makes sense to, you know, yourself what's going on with you. Yeah. And we should all go forward using hashtag babies can't manipulate. We should. Yes. I agree. So thank you so much for that. That's awesome. I, I love it. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about returning to work. Oh, which yeah. Is, returning to work. That mm-hmm. has been requested quite a lot, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think people have been like um, requesting that one. And I had a message, but now I can't find it i'll I'll read it you can yeah why don't we just start and i'll see if i can find it while we're talking i don't even know where to start with returning to work because it's such a thing right like that's so funny because i was thinking of this i was like is this even one episode because like you're talking (laughs) about returning to work it's like that's such a huge thing like are we talking about like how to gather breast milk are we talking about like you know how to balance breastfeeding and pumping throughout the day. Like, I feel like any of these topics could go on for 45 minutes. And we do have a couple episodes coming up, like in the future, I put them on our list. Um, And I know, you know, patrons are able to kind of like, you know, go through our list and stuff like that and talk about, talk with us about things that they want to hear. But I do have some things coming up or we do have some things coming up about like balancing breastfeeding and pumping and, you know, dealing with care providers and stuff like that. But returning to work overall is such a huge piece of breastfeeding. Um, And it's just such a huge piece of parenting, right? Because we go into pregnancy, like we're in pregnancy, we're pregnant with these babies. We're, you know, moving along with our pregnancy, whatever. Nobody's thinking about what you're going to do after maternity leave ends. Nobody thinks about that until that baby's born. And then they go, oh shit, I don't want to go back to work. Yeah. That's I mean, what happened to me. Some people do. And that's great. Like, and we talked about this in, you know, one of the recent episodes that we had somebody that, you know, gave us a review that they were kind of offended that we said, you know, eight weeks was not long enough. Um, and some people really do want to go back to work and that is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with somebody saying, this is my career. It's my identity. I want to go back. I'm looking forward to it. But you still have the logistics of pumping and returning to work and making all of that stuff balance. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's the hard part. I mean, yeah. it's hard to leave your baby and nobody's saying it's easy. And even for those people who want to go back to work, it's still not easy to leave your no, baby. it's not. Like those people aren't saying, oh, this is totally easy. I'm just going to like throw my baby yeah, away at a I caregiver. I love leaving and my baby. Nobody said that. Like nobody's saying that. Um, but 
it is hard whether you want to go back or you don't want to go back. It is hard. And yeah, like Abby decided not to go back. Right? Like yeah, you- I decided not to go back. And I think that probably if I had more information, maybe it would have been different. I mean, maybe not. But like, I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to have to pump all this milk. Right now I'm pumping and I'm getting like drops of it. How's that going to happen? How am I going to fill my freezer with milk in order to go back? How am I going to, how, I mean, just the logistics of it. I just couldn't even, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. That's a lot. Um, I had the benefit of not having to go back to work. Um, And that is only because things happen to fall into place for me. But I think I, like had mentioned to people before, my first son was born in a different state and we chose to come back home. He was only about 10 days old. We chose to come back home. We didn't have jobs coming back home. Um, We stayed with my parents until we kind of got on our feet, but we had made the agreement that whatever we were going to do, like we would just, we were, like I said, we were living at my parents' house. So my ex-husband got a job that could accommodate me, that would accommodate the the kind of house we were going to get, that would accommodate, you know, me being able to stay at home. Um, But we had the ability to do that because we weren't like settled, you know, so we settled ourselves around me not working. That's what we really did. And not a lot of people have that benefit. A lot of people are going into this. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a career. I had just come out of the army. So I didn't have like, I'm missing this, you know, this benefit of being with my, I didn't have any of that. So I wasn't missing it. Um, so that is a very different situation, but there are people that, yeah, they have lives that they are, you know, they have cars, like we had one car, like we didn't have anything. And we just kind of built around that. Um, But there are people that have, you know, that are living a life based on two incomes. And a lot of people can't not do that. Or you have health insurance based on that job. Yeah. You know, so that's a big thing too. That is, it's a huge thing. Um, so you have to go back whether you want to or not. And if you want to, it's still not easy. So I don't know if we're going to be able to really like, we're just kind of here in solidarity, you guys. Like, <laughs> it's not like we've got these great answers for you, but um, we're going to talk about some of the things and you're not alone. Because I did find this really cool study that talked about... um like factors influencing breastfeeding after returning to work. And it really is interesting. And they talked about like different areas, different places. Um, But some of the things that really impact how breastfeeding goes once you return to work. And it says, um, this is what I, one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Interestingly, the guarantee of paid breastfeeding breaks for at least six months has been so, shown to be associated with an increase of nearly 9% in exclusive breastfeeding. Guess which country does not have paid breastfeeding breaks? The yeah. United States. We're like one of the only countries that does not have paid breastfeeding yeah. breaks. That's wild. One of the only, yeah, one of the only countries that doesn't have that. And it has been associated with an increase in breastfeeding rates. And I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like it's because you don't have to worry about it, right? Like it's one of the things that's kind of taken off your plate to be concerned about. 
when you're returning to work, you're worried about, okay, how does this, how is this going to work? How am I going to go and pump? Am I going to be paid to go and pump? Or do I have to make that up somewhere else? Or am I just going to lose money altogether by pumping? And if I'm going to lose money by pumping, what's the point? Right? Like, what is the point? And I can't blame you if you're thinking that. Yeah. Um, you're thinking like, where am I going to put the milk? Where am I going to go to pump? Is there a place for me? Some some workplaces have a place. Some do not. So all of that stuff plays into it. Managerial and organizational support increases exclusive breastfeeding duration nearly twofold with coworker support being essential in the decision to continue breastfeeding. Lack of breastfeeding facilities, such as a room dedicated for breastfeeding or a fridge, is associated with breastfeeding discontinuation after returning to work. If some laws, Even if some laws promote breastfeeding at work, such as the federal break time for nursing mother's law requiring employers covered by the Fair Labor Stand- Standards Act to provide basic accommodations for breastfeeding mothers at work in the USA, these laws are still not fully applied. Basically, what that's saying is that sometimes businesses are like, I don't care what the law says, we can't accommodate it. So you either don't do it or you find another job. And that's not okay. Yeah. Like that's, but that's a very real challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I yeah. found the message, by the way. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, hopefully we'll get into some, we're going to get into some logistics, right? Some like, okay. Uh, we'll just answer <laughs> the question. So she says, I'm a special ed teacher and the sole provider with insurance right now. And I'm very anxious about returning back to work to the point that I start crying just thinking about it. While I'm lucky to get three and a half months off with my baby, it still doesn't feel like long enough. And I just don't want to. With the commute to and from work and dropping the baby off at his sitter along the way, way, it will be close to 10 to 11 hours away from home. Can you do more episodes on returning to work and preparing for that? I'm worried that there will not be enough time in the day for bonding and sleeping, household chores, and self-care. I'm trying to come up with routines now, such as getting up at 5 a.m. each morning to get ready and breastfeed as long as I would going back to work. I'm also trying to establish a bedtime routine. And she goes on. This message involves multiple layers. Um, But we can stop there. Um, So, yeah. I mean, people, I yeah, I think for me, similar to her, is just like, how in the world is all of this going to happen? And maybe we can right. help people say, we can tell people how it will happen because they're going to have to do it. Yeah, they are. And a lot of it is going to depend on how old your baby is when you go back. I mean, if you're going back to work at six weeks or at eight weeks, um, you're you're going to be dealing with more. You know, you're going to be dealing with a baby that wakes up more during the night, most likely. Um, you're going to be dealing with, you know, pumping a little bit more, you know, trying to pump more milk. Um, opposed to a parent that goes back at six months. You right. know what I mean? Like there's a huge difference there. Um, and a lot of times I will get parents that come to me and they're very, very concerned or they come to me for a breastfeeding issue and, but they want to talk about the return to work as well, which is totally fine and, and expected. And it's like, okay, what we see your baby doing at one month is going to be totally different than what we see your baby doing at 12 weeks. So we need to really like maybe revisit it. Like we can talk about it, but we're going to probably have to revisit it 
later on because it might be a completely different story. Um, the anxiety piece, I don't even know. Like, do you have any any words of wisdom about that? Because well, I that's think really the anxiety hard. piece, yeah, the anxiety piece comes from not knowing and not knowing what to expect, not knowing what to do. And so I think telling people what to do. So you do not have to, let's start before you even go back to work. You Mm -hmm. don't have to have a freezer full of milk. Once you get to work, you are going to be pumping that day what you're going to be feeding the next day. If you want to be a couple of days ahead, fine. That's fine. But you don't need to have what you see on social media with people's oversupply filling the refrigerator. And start pumping before the day. Not Don't start pumping the day before you have to go back to work. Right. Start the pumping earlier. Start getting used to your pump, changing the settings, messing with the settings, and seeing what helps get the most milk out. And start just saving that, saving it slowly, start a couple of weeks in advance, practice a couple of times a day, you'll end up with, you know, how much milk you need. And then, and then when you're at work, you're going to pump every time that your baby would normally eat. Right? If your baby's nursing, if your baby usually nurses around noon, then you're going to want to pump around noon. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Every couple hours. Um, That's how to kind of gauge how much you're going to be pumping. Yeah. Yes. Um, I usually try to. I have like a couple things I want to say. First of all, Mm -hmm. I saw a family the other day and mom was pumping like, like she had texted me and said that she was like, need to talk about milk supply. She thought her milk supply was dying which it's not because when she pumped, she got like, I don't know, four ounces or something like that. Three or four ounces. And I'm like, you have a good supply. And she was like, really? And her, and the dad was there too. And he goes, but you see all those people on social media with all this, like these fridges full, Mm -hmm. you know, with milk. And I'm like, I question whether that's even human milk, honestly, sometimes. (laughs) And I question if it's all of their milk and maybe it absolutely is. But I also saw somebody the other day who told me that she, her and a colleague, her and a friend that she works with are both pumping at work. And she comes out with eight ounces, you know, as opposed to the two that, you know, that the parent that I saw was getting. And of course she felt like, well, she's getting so much more than me. And I'm like, that is not normal though. So comparing yourself no. to what somebody else is doing is going to make you more anxious for sure. So try to put the blinders up when it comes to that. Yeah. And it's really hard to do that because you're also, you're also, cause the other side of this, which is a whole different episode is the dealing with the care providers. Yeah. Because we're going to talk, talk about, about that like, a couple weeks. Yeah. That's a whole different episode. So stay tuned. We won't, but, but, you know, because people are like, I can't keep up. I can't, you know, you are, you can keep up. The problem is going to be over there with the overfeeding because you're, if you can only, you can, people are like, I can only pump like three ounces. Okay. Well, your baby's not going to be eating more than three or four ounces in a, in a, in a feeding. Correct. And if they are, they're being overfed. And that's just, that's not your problem. I mean, it's your problem to deal with, but it's not your body's problem. Your body's doing what it's supposed to be doing. 
then you're going to have to go, you have to wait a couple of weeks for us to do that episode and then t- deal with the caregivers on that end. But we will talk about that. Yeah. Absolutely. But let's go back to the logistics of returning to work because I think that is the piece where people get anxious because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to expect. And people want to know exactly what to do. So, so why don't we take, should we take an ad break actually? Oh, shoot. And then yes, do that we when we get back? Yeah. Yes, we should. Okay, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Larkin. Larkin is a mom-owned line of game-changing maternity and postpartum essentials designed to make your life easier and more comfortable. In particular, their Larkin X all-in-one nursing and hands-free pumping bra is a totally different take on the traditional nursing and pumping bra. The first of its kind, it's made without any irritating elastic, awkward holes, snaps, zippers, clips, or other hardware. So you can comfortably wear it day and night without ever having to change bras or nur- to nurse or pump. It's buttery, soft, stretchy fabric won't irritate or stick to your sensitive skin, and it is mas- machine washable. And you're probably wondering how they make a nursing and pumping bra without any clips, zippers, or anything like that. And you have to check it out because it is super cool. And uh, you can check it out, the Larkin X bra and the rest of their incredibly cozy must-haves at Shop Larkin. That's S-H-O-P-L-A-R-K-E-N.com. Or you can check them out on Instagram at Larkin underscore shop. And use code BADASS for 10% off of your order. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rumble Tough. The Rumble Tough Breeze is a top-of-the-line breast pump with a rechargeable battery that fits in the palm of your hand. The powerful motor lasts 2,000-plus hours and has a two-year warranty. The memory button allows you to record your most effective pumping session and recall it every time you wish. Combine the breeze with the Rumble Tough Go Cups and you're pumping hands-free and on the go. Every Rumble Tough Pump user qualifies for free pumping support with an IBCLC because they care each pump comes with a manual handle kit to convert your electric pump into a manual pump at no extra cost. You should not have to figure it out alone. Let experts help you get the support you deserve. Additionally, every pump box includes a flange fit ruler, so you can determine which of the 15 flanges they offer will fit you best. Yes, nipple size matters. Check out their entire line at rumbletuff.com. That's R-U-M-B-L-E-T-U-F-F, rumbletuff.com. And use code BADASS for 20% off of your purchase. And today's sponsors and their promo codes can be found in the show notes under this episode, wherever you're listening from, and also at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. At badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will also find all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Yes. So what did we, what should we? Okay. So we, okay. So I think that we should talk, well, we already started to talk about before planning before. I mean, I've gotten messages from people saying like, I go back to work tomorrow and I'm not getting much milk. And like, this is not a situation you want to be in. You want to be in a situation where you have gotten a pump. You've gotten to know your pump. You've practiced with your pump ahead of time while you're still at home. And 
practicing with that pump and saving that milk. And then you're going to be determining how much milk, you know, and this is where it gets a little complicated to do an episode on it because it, of course it's individual, but you're going to be deciding how much milk and how many ounces, you know, per bottle or whatever to give to the caregiver. So you're going to be preparing, you know, that you're going to be preparing the bottles ahead of time, dropping them off with the baby and telling these people to just use that much, which we'll have to get into another time. Uh, And then while you're at work, you're going to be pumping and you're going to be using hands-on pumping. This Mm -hmm. is not a time where you're going to stick the pump on your breasts and then sit at your desk and type. You need to be expressing all of the milk out of your breasts. And in order to do that, you have to be using hands-on pumping, which is the combination of breast massage and compression to help the pump get the milk out. Because your pump is not like your baby. It can't just like get it all out by itself. It needs your help. So one of the things too is, you know, I try to tell people start pumping. If you're, if you're going back to work at like, we'll say eight weeks, you should really start pumping by about four weeks. And just like Abby had said, like just to be able to play around with the pump, see what works best for you, see what time of day works best for you. Um, just being able to like see what settings are good. Like, you know, making sure the flanges fit, all of the things. Uh, maybe take the time to meet with a lactation consultant and go over all this stuff and talk about all of it. A lot of people are really concerned and worried about starting pumping or starting bottles too soon because they're afraid it's going to screw up their breastfeeding. And we can make like a healthy balance. It doesn't mean you have yeah. to like go overboard. Um, but being able to kind of like get things started a little bit earlier might make you feel a little bit better. I would always suggest too, like you want to, you want to try a bottle before the day before, you know, because some babies really do struggle to take those bottles and trying to figure out it's very different sucking and swallowing when you are feeding at the breast and sucking and swallowing when you're feeding by bottle is a very different process for these little babies. So some babies really do have a hard time going back and forth. And I know people are concerned about like nipple confusion and they really get that in their head that if they offer too many bottles, the babies aren't going to breastfeed well, but we need to make sure your baby's going to take a bottle and we need to make sure they're going to do that sooner than the day before you return to work. Yeah. So getting that started a little bit earlier, even if it's just once a week once every couple, you know, couple days, like whatever works best for your family, you can do that. Um, always pump if you're missing a feeding. That's really important though, to always pump if you're missing a feeding. If you're really concerned with how, what is the best time of day for me to pump? How long should it, like all of those logistics, definitely talk to a lactation consultant. I have found that with most of the parents I work with, pumping first thing in the morning is better. Because you yield a little bit more milk, your you know your baby tends to hopefully go a longer stretch overnight without feeding. Your hormone levels that make your milk are higher overnight, so a lot of parents wake up in the morning they're a little bit more full. It's easier to pump after you feed the baby. So that is usually when people find that they 
get the most amount of milk. If you're missing a feeding, you're giving a bottle that day, then you definitely have to pump if you're missing a feeding. Um, when some you're people at don't work, have, yeah, oh, I was going to say, some people don't have a choice, you know, of when to pump. And so true. if that's the time where you need to pump, pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, It'll be okay. Right. You can pump at any, like I would say, if you can pump first thing in the morning for, but yeah, I definitely have parents that are like, I can't, I'm by myself. The baby needs attention. Fine. Like that's fine. Um, Pump whenever you get a chance. It's fine. Anything works. You can pump at any point after a feeding. After a feeding is the best time because it's taking advantage of those higher prolactin levels, which keeps Mm. your milk higher. So that is the best time to pump is right after a feeding. But I understand that that's not convenient for a lot of people either. But do what you can do. When you are at work, I usually try to talk to my families like directly about like what's your schedule. Tell me what your schedule is going to be like. And if they're like, okay, I'm going to drop, you know, get up, I'm going to feed the baby, I'm going to drop the baby off at daycare at 7.30, I'm going to be at work at 8 o'clock, and this is what the schedule looks like for the rest of the day. Okay. So what in that kind of a situation, what I would say is, okay, if you can can feed your baby at like 7 o'clock in the morning, and then you're dropping them off at daycare or whoever, whatever, that's when you leave for work or whatever happens, then you're probably going to want to pump by around 10 o'clock. And that's not only because it's probably around the same time your baby's going to be getting a bottle because that is that three hour time frame, but your body is going to be like, aren't we supposed to be feeding a baby right now? And you're going to start to get full and uncomfortable. So it is important to not ignore that. And that is when milk production slows down. Mm-hmm. You don't when you ignore that. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. We want to get the milk out so that your body's like, oh yeah, okay. We got to make more. Mm-hmm. So definitely like at that point, and then I always say that at lunchtime and then usually once in the afternoon, um, always tell, and this is, we'll bring this up again when we do the episode on daycare providers, but, or care providers, whoever happens to be watching your baby, make sure they do not feed your baby within an hour and a half or two hours Mm, of you coming home. mm -hmm. Because you hear that a lot. People are like, oh, my baby doesn't want a nurse when we got home. Come to find out that the baby had a bottle an hour ago. Yeah. So you might need to really be very definitive about when you want your baby to get those bottles. And that's okay. You can do that. But like I said, we're going to talk about that more, you know, coming up. Um, When you are at work, like, or when you're planning to go back to work, it really helps to have a conversation with either your supervisor or you know, whoever, coworkers, whoever you feel like it's important to make sure that they know that this is what your plan is. So that they know that you are going back, you're coming back, you're planning to pump. Some people say, oh yeah, I've got, there's other people at work that are pumping. We've got a room. It's great. And then I have some people that are like, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a place for me. Um, My schedule doesn't necessarily allow it. What if I can't pump at 10 a.m.? You got to just do the best you can. You know, I mean... But if they know that you're coming back pumping and there are certain times that you need to pump because physically you will get uncomfortable and mm-hmm. risk, you know, plug ducts and, you know, mastitis and things like that from stretching out for too far. That's an important thing for them to know. Your your boss does not know what you need, what you need. You have to tell them. You have to tell them what you need. 
and that can be hard and uncomfortable conversation to have, do it in an email. I mean, however it works. Yeah, that's fine. You just have to do it. You have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you absolutely do. You have to reach out to them. And yeah. And doing it in advance, even doing it before you go out from attorney leave. It doesn't hurt to kind of plant that seed. Is there a place for me to pump when I come back? That's what um, I did. I mean, I was in a, I was an extremely supportive environment. Well, I still decided not to come back because I was so overwhelmed, but, um, and had the ability not to, but, uh, I talked about it. Like my, my boss, I, my boss had never had children and she was oddly tuned in to, she was like, are you going to need to pump? Where are you going to? Let's, you know, I'll clean out, let's clean out the refrigerator and have like a shelf that's just dedicated to your milk. We'll make sure that the bathroom that's by you will redirect everyone else to go to a different bathroom so that that can just be where you're like storing your, you know, bottles and where you're washing things. And that was like, I mean, she was almost like more prepared than me. <laughs> you wow. know, I was yeah. like, I don't, I was like, oh my God, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, but, uh, yeah, these are things that you have to t- think about. And if you don't have a boss who's directing you, who maybe has had employees before, that was probably what happened, is that she's had employees before who who went through this. But you might not. You might have a boss that's just like has no idea. And you have to you have to be prepared to really break down the basics for them because they don't know. Right. If they're not addressing some things with you. Maybe they're not being supportive, but try and give them some you know, nudges first before we decide that they're not being supportive because they might just not know. Okay. And again, I'm going to read this. Managerial and organizational support increases exclusive breastfeeding duration nearly twofold. Totally. With coworker support being essential in the decision to continue breastfeeding. So when you have coworkers that are like, oh, you got to go pump again. Like I had a client who her coworkers always had something to say to her. One of her coworkers said to her, and it was a male who didn't have any kids, said, can't you just pump before you come to work and have that be it? Ugh. And she was like, seriously, people don't, they just don't know. (laughs) Right. But they would question her all the time. And this was a unit that like the place where she worked, where there was other people that had kids that had babies that they were exclusive pumpers. Um, a lot of them did not, they chose to just pump, which was obviously their choice and got a lot of milk and was just like, oh, can't you just pump like twice? And that's it. And she happened to be a parent who, no, she needed to pump like every two hours. Um, And she would put a sign, she had her own office, but she would put a sign on a door. So, you know, people would just walk in anyway, completely disregard Ugh. the sign on the door. Um, I mean, she and she was somebody who ended up leaving her job. So it's like, and she felt very unsupported. Like the first day back, her first day back to work, they were like, oh, you know, you don't have to breastfeed. It's okay. If you don't make it. Like what? Like, here's a bagel we brought you for coming back to work. And by the way, don't feel like you need to continue on. What's with workplaces and bagels? Bagels have know. become like the national, like manipulative food. Right, like, like they brought bagels for my first Look, there's a bagel. Look, <laughs> only companies that care about you give you bagels. Right, but they you don't have to worry cheese. about breastfeeding. Oh. Yeah, flavored cream cheese. Yeah, oh that. yeah, they went all out. But you don't have to, you know, you really don't have to 
worry about breastfeeding. And this was something that was very, very important to her. And she felt completely unsupported with good reason. Totally. You know, and they were like, oh, you have to pump that many times. I only had to pump twice during the workday. You have to pump that much. Why do you have to pump that much? You know, like just that just makes you feel completely inadequate. And it's like, if you don't have something nice to say, shut up. It just does. It's not okay. Right. But supportive coworkers increase your breastfeeding duration twofold, you know, or at least you would think that employees are going to want to employers are going to want to retain their employees. That's the bottom line is that you retain employees and it saves them money and resources and they need to get their wrap their brains around it. Yeah. So you're doing them a favor by coming back. And it doesn't it doesn't make you a needy employee by saying, "Hey, you got a room for me? Do you have a place I can put my milk?" Like you're not and there's things we can do. If there's not a refrigerator cuz a lot that some people really feel like that's a that's a deterrent to not have a place yeah. to put their milk and they don't want to put it in the, you know, the regular refrigerator with all the other people's lunches and all that stuff. And that's totally understandable. So there are some things that you can do. You can do, um, some people do, um, a series chill. We've had them. They were, oh, they've been uh-huh. uh, sponsors on the podcast several times and that's a great way to just like collect all the milk. You can pump right into that thing and just, you know, keep your milk it keeps your milk cold for like 24 hours. So you can do something like that. You can bring a cooler if you want to and keep your milk in there. It'll stay, it stays fine. You Mm -hmm. can get a little refrigerator. They have very small refrigerators for very cheap. Like when I say cheap, I mean like 50 bucks or so, which may or may not be something that you want to do. And that's okay. But it doesn't have to be like a, a, you know, like a bigger refrigerator. It can be a small refrigerator. Over Christmas, I was at like, I think like Marshall's or something like that. And um, when I was doing my Christmas shopping and I saw this little refrigerator, it was cute. It held like six cans and I almost bought it for my son to have at his apartment in college. And then I was like, he'll fill it with beer. And that's the last thing I need is for him to have like this little refrigerator filled with beer next to his bed or something. Beer just yet. Right. Like I really don't need for this to happen to him. So I didn't end up getting it. But and then my daughter actually for Christmas got a little refrigerator for her like face cream and her little face stuff. Uh Like you could put little bottles of milk in those things and they're not that expensive. They're they're pretty affordable. So even just like being creative and doing something like that, where you can just like have this little refrigerator tucked in somewhere where nobody would even know it was there. Um if you don't want to use the one that's there, or you might even be able to get them to just like comp you one, you know, like be like, yeah. can't you just like 50 bucks me, uh, you know, like whatever, yeah. some petty cash or whatever, like, come on. Yeah. Um, the, the pumping, the paid pump breaks. I don't even know what to say about that because. Well, we also have an episode coming up about the new pump law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And which is a, a United States coming thing. up with information that you need right now, but you have to wait until later to get it. Oh my God. Cause we're not just prepared. Kidding. We're just, po- <laughs> no, we are prepared. Yeah. We just want to talk about what you, this episode is about you being at work. Yes. And what to do. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, so people are at work, they're pumping, they're doing hands-on pumping. You know, maybe it's been a few days. What, what are we going, you know, a lot of people will say, I don't know. I think my milk supply might be tanking. 
you know, there might be some changes that you notice right in the beginning as you make this transition. Yes. One of the things that happens is that we know that your body starts to settle in again right around that three-month mark. And when I say settle in, I mean that like milk starts to regulate again right around that three-month mark. And a lot of people are finding that they're going back to work somewhere within a few weeks around that time. So yes, your supply might start to, you might notice some changes in, in how much milk you're pumping. Like I said, in one of the other most more recent episodes, you might find that you get your period back sooner too because you're doing more pumping. And we know that your milk supply is going to dip a little bit with returning to work or with, um, with your period because of hormonal fluctuations. So that might also cause a little dip in supply when you're pumping at work. That all that stuff is manageable. We can get past that with pumping, with increasing pumping. Um, A lot of people that are pumping at work don't want to pump at home or don't want to pump on the weekends, you might have to incorporate something like that because it is, you know, it is important to make sure that you are maintaining a supply. And it's harder to maintain a supply when you are doing mainly pumping. Breastfeeding as much as you can when you're with the baby is really important too. Yeah. Breastfeed as much as you can when you're with the baby. And through the night. Yes. You know, this is not a time where we're going to be creating like boundaries at night or where we want the baby to sleep. You know, we're trying to put rice cereal in the box. Well, we're never going to do that. We're never going to do that. No, don't ever do that. Yeah. Well, bed sharing is going to be your friend because Mm -hmm. it's going to give your baby free access to breastfeeding, which is going to help your supply stay nice and hefty at this time. Yes. Um. And that's just a lot easier than getting up and going down the hallway. And your baby's, your baby's going to breastfeed more if they are near you. That is a fact. Yeah. One of the other things, you might find that your breast size is changing a little bit as well. The longer you are you know, nursing your baby, your body is starting to kind of get a little bit back to like you know, pre-pregnancy size. And you might find that you need to change your flange sizes again. Because things are a little bit different. Um, Changing your pump parts regularly. If you are pumping several times a day, you really need to change out those pump parts like monthly. And that Mm -hmm. can make a huge difference. So flange size, something that you might need to look at and changing out pump parts as well. If you're not doing that already, make sure you are incorporating that about once a month. And some insurances will cover that for you. So you just need to kind of like, Maybe make a couple calls or, you know, find out if, if you can get that covered. We also do have an episode on how to pump more milk. Mm-hmm. With There's tips in there on how to pump more milk, which is just, you know, maybe you don't need to pump more milk, but you want to make sure that you're pumping efficiently so that you're getting as much milk out as possible to keep that breast milk supply up nicely. Um, I know we're referring to a lot of different episodes, but like this is not a one episode conversation. Uh-uh. Each one of these things that we're talking about is a whole other conversation. Um, so we hopefully we just gave you a bit of an idea of like what your day is going to look like with returning to work. Yeah. And then there's going to be more episodes coming up about that too. There is. So we, we should, we should maybe, um, I, I should create more work for myself by saying this. Create like a little episode packet of like returning to work that includes like, you know, this, like what your day is going to look like. And then 
dealing with caregivers and da da da. I don't know. And I don't know where we would put it, but. <laughs> It'd be a good anyway. Patreon thing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So we'll have I mean, to look into that stuff. Yep. Um, okay. Anything else? I don't think so. So now I know people are like, but wait, what about this? And what about that? Get on your email. Send us an email. If there's like a million emails, if everybody is now starting to send an email, like we might not respond to every single one of them because, you know, time. But like, if you have questions, if you have things that are like, but what about this? But what about that? Let us know so we can formulate like another follow-up episode because we don't always know exactly what your questions are. We just know kind of what we're going to say. And then Mm -hmm. if you tell us like you need clarification on certain things or whatever... We'll just do another episode. Yeah. Because every situation's different. Every so we situation might is different. Yeah. Not and have all been able these to topics need to be revisited anyway. So we're gonna just mm-hmm. keep revisiting them. Absolutely. Okay, that's um badass breastfeeding podcast at gmail.com. And like I said, I just wanna I just <laughs> because sometimes Diane and I I'll realize that there's an email that hasn't been answered, but Diane and I have had like 10 conversations about it. We just didn't tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we 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 really do try to respond to all the emails, but I think that sometimes maybe some slip through. Yeah, um, it happens. It happens to the best of us, but we do read them all, and we yeah. do incorporate all of them. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.